Hi, you're listening to the House Call Doctor's Quick and Dirty Tips for Taking Charge of Your Health, and I'm your host, Dr. Majd. Are you a woman that's suffering from the following constellation of symptoms? Difficulty losing weight? Carrying extra weight in the central portion of the body like hips, thighs, and stomach? Irregular menstrual cycles? Acne? Excess body or facial hair, a term that we refer to as hirsutism? Difficulty conceiving? prediabetes, and a family history of diabetes. If so, you may suffer from a very common hormonal imbalance referred to as polycystic ovarian syndrome, or PCOS. Doctors are actually just realizing how common this endocrinological disorder really is. So common, in fact, that up to 10% of women are thought to have PCOS. Yep, that's 1 in 10 women. So what is it? Why is it important? How can you actually get rid of it? Let's find out in today's episode. This episode of The House Call Doctor is brought to you by the audiobook edition of Resistant by Michael Palmer. In this heart-stopping medical thriller, Dr. Lou Welcome is faced with a serious epidemic and the sinister group behind it. The plot races from hospital corridors to the top corridors of power. Listen to an excerpt at www.macmillanaudio.com slash resistantaudio. That's macmillanaudio.com slash resistantaudio. So more on resistant and why you should listen in just a moment. So what is PCOS? The top cause of irregular periods in young women is this syndrome. The name is a misnomer, meaning that cysts in the ovaries is not really a defining feature of this condition. Many women have ovarian cysts, but they don't have PCOS. So what are the PCOS defining features then? Well, here are some of the common features of PCOS. Number one, excess weight. Being overweight or obese, a medical term determined by the body mass index, or BMI, and carrying the majority of the weight in the midsection is a common feature of PCOS. Most women with PCOS tell me that their symptoms seem to have gone out of control after gaining weight, and they actually seem to have an unusually difficult time losing the weight. Number two is acne. Acne on the face and upper back are also common features of PCOS. Some patients even say that the acne seemed to suddenly come out of nowhere when they were adults and that ironically they didn't experience such out-of-control acne during their teenage years. I do hear that often. Number three. Hirsutism. So hair growth on the upper lip, chin, stomach, breasts, feet, and perhaps other places that women feel is unusual is also found in PCOS. A little bit of peach fuzz here and there may be normal, but most women with PCOS tell me that it's severe enough that it actually interferes with their quality of life, and that's the important part to remember. Number four. Acanthosis nigricans. I know what you're thinking. What is that? Well, in this condition, the back of the neck takes on a thickened, dark brown, leather-like quality. It's called acanthosis nigricans, and it's often a sign of prediabetes or even diabetes. It can also be less frequently found in some other body parts too, such as underneath the arms or even on the inner thighs. So how is PCOS diagnosed? Well, for those with irregular periods or any of the other symptoms of PCOS, it's actually important to rule out other potential causes such as thyroid disorders. But a few other blood tests may also be useful. 
Number one, testosterone level. Women with PCOS tend to have higher testosterone levels than what is actually considered normal. High testosterone causes women with PCOS to exhibit traditionally male-like qualities such as acne, excess hair growth in awkward places, and possibly even some diffuse thinning of the hair on the scalp. Number two, elevated blood sugars. One of the defining features of PCOS is a phenomenon called insulin resistance, meaning that there's an elevated amount of insulin in the body as a result of the cells not responding well enough to the circulating insulin. This elevated insulin attacks the ovaries and it causes the ovaries to produce more testosterone. Insulin resistance is actually quite common in those with prediabetes and diabetes, and women with PCOS have a greater tendency to develop diabetes later in their life if they're not careful. The most commonly run test to check for prediabetes or diabetes is a test called the hemoglobin A1c. Number three, elevated LH to FSH ratios. There are actually two hormones referred to as luteinizing hormone, or what we call LH, and then follicle-stimulating hormone, or FSH, that may be measured in the bloodstream. And when the LH to FSH ratio is over 2 to 1, then PCOS is more likely. In spite of these available tests, Diagnosing PCOS can sometimes be tricky because there's a subset of women with PCOS whose labs are normal, particularly if they are already on a hormonal contraceptive. Therefore, the labs are simply an adjunct to the constellation of signs and symptoms mentioned previously, and not everyone will have all of those signs and symptoms that were mentioned. Some patients will just have one, two, or three features, and there are some that will actually have all of them. So what does it mean to actually have PCOS? Well, women with PCOS have a greater propensity towards diabetes, like we mentioned. It's really important for them to exercise, eat right, and be at a normal healthy weight in order to prevent diabetes. And then PCOS can also make it a little more difficult to get pregnant. But pregnancy is usually very achievable with the right treatments. And lastly, women with PCOS may have a higher risk of endometrial cancer if they don't have regular periods. So it's important to have a period, but only if you are not on hormones, at least every three months in order to allow the lining of your uterus to shed. If it doesn't shed, cells can build up and place you at a risk for cancer in the uterus later in life. So what is the treatment for PCOS? Well, there's no cure, but there are many ways to actually treat it. The mainstay of treatment is really weight loss. Here are two tips to self-treat your PCOS. Number one, maintain a low-carbohydrate diet. Like diabetics, PCOS women don't metabolize sugar and carbohydrates efficiently, so it's key to limit foods like bread, pasta, potatoes, rice, and sweets. You really shouldn't eliminate them altogether, but do try and keep a balanced diet that's not high in carbs. Number two, Exercise. Studies have shown that getting regular cardiovascular exercise improves insulin resistance, thereby improving PCOS and causing weight loss. So exercise at least 30 minutes on most days of the week. If the treadmill isn't your cup of tea, we'll try fast walking, running, biking, swimming, or any other fun physical activity that gets your heart racing. Join a class. With even a 10% weight loss, you'll notice that your acne and body hair will improve with time. Your periods will actually become more regular and your sugar levels will normalize and you'll be more likely to conceive if that's something that you're seeking to do.
So if these methods are not sufficient, there are a few medical prescriptions to help women with PCOS. Number one is hormonal contraceptive. So if you're not trying to get pregnant, this will help you regulate your periods and improve your acne and abnormal hair growth. Number two, metformin. This medication has been used to treat diabetics, and it's also FDA-approved for women with PCOS. It helps with weight loss as long as you're taking care of your diet and still exercising, and it also helps women with PCOS ovulate and actually get pregnant, too. Number three, a drug called spironolactone. This is normally a blood pressure medication that also works to lower testosterone levels, thereby improving acne and excessive hair growth. However, women who are trying to get pregnant can't take it due to potential harmful effects on the fetus. So be careful. So there you have it, PCOS, one of the most common causes of irregular periods that I see in young women. If you think you may have PCOS, discuss it with your doctor. So please note that all content here is strictly for informational purposes only. It doesn't substitute any medical advice and it doesn't replace any medical judgment or reasoning by your own personal health provider. Please always seek a licensed physician in your area regarding all health-related questions and issues. This podcast is brought to you by the audiobook edition of Resistant by Michael Palmer. In a tragic accident, Dr. Lou Welcome's best friend, Cap Duncan, injures his leg, and the open wound becomes the perfect breeding ground for a deadly microbial invader. It turns out others are suffering from the same bacteria around the country. The germ is resistant to any antibiotics, and the government scientist that's researching the cure has been kidnapped. While hoping to help his friend, Welcome uncovers a link to a sinister group known as 100 Neighbors that is using hospitals as weapons to further their agenda. As a doctor, I found myself fascinated by the medical suspense. Robert Petkoff narrates, and the thrilling audiobook will have you actually looking forward to your commute. Listen to an excerpt of Resistant now. Go to macmillanaudio.com slash resistantaudio to hear a sample. That's macmillanaudio.com slash resistant audio. Well, thanks again for listening to this episode of The House Call Doctor. If you have any future topic suggestions, please email me at housecalldoctor at quickanddirtytips.com. Have a hormonally healthy week. <laughs>